My name is Molly McCartney. I'm an intuitive medium, the author of the Amazon best-selling book, Empower Your Wisdom, and the founder of the Empowered Wisdom School. This show was created for women who wish to trust their intuition so they can follow their higher calling and their bliss without fear, doubt, and disempowering relationships holding them back. If you're a spiritual woman with a business or career in any field and a higher calling you've been working towards, and you want to be featured on the show to inspire others with your story, go to empoweredwisdomshow.com. For now, please enjoy today's show, and don't forget to subscribe for daily inspiration from our very special guests. Hello, and welcome to the Empowered Wisdom Show. This is your host, Molly McCartney, and today I'm here with Meredith Noble. She is with the Global Grant Writing Collective. Um, she teaches people to write awesome grants. Um, and our, our theme today is, is really, we wanna talk about that. I know many of you out there would like to learn how to do that um, and, and what it takes to, to kind of follow your calling to help others. But we're also gonna talk about how inner work can lead to your business success. And then it's not always about knowing exactly what to do in the business. There's a lot um, that goes into actually seeing where you're blocked from the inside and starting to do that inside work to see the success on the outside. And Meredith has some really cool things to share about that. So welcome to the show, Meredith. How are you today? Woohoo! Thank you. I'm absolutely wonderful. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're so welcome. Um, so why don't you begin by telling us a bit uh, about what you do with the Global Grant Writing Collective and share anything else about your business. I hope I got that right. Um, mm -hmm. and, and kind of how you help people and how you make the world a better place. Absolutely. So the Global Grant Writing Collective is my pride and joy. It is a program that helps those that are burnt out in their careers build a career as a grant writer, a well-paid grant writer, so you can have freedom and flexibility in your life while also making a difference. So it's a, a two-year program that a lot of fabulously interesting people go through, and often they're just not happy quite with the way their lifestyle is, not having enough time with their children or over the commute or just wanting to have a little bit more time for hobbies. And so we look at sort of like the grant writing knowledge, but also how do you build a business and layer on top of that, the project management skills. So you don't swap out one burnt out career for another, because if there's anything I've found, we can really just bring those habits with us. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that makes total sense. Because a lot of times if someone is going towards the nonprofit path, they're wanting to, you know, follow a calling and feel like right. on purpose in the world. So to go into that from a nine to five burnt out, you're absolutely right. That would be, <laughs> that'd be a dream killer. So that's very important. And actually, I love that your, um, your logo or your mascot, I guess, is the unicorns be a grant writing unicorn. <laughs> yep, that was an accident. I was writing the first copy of my book, and I wanted to title it how to write a grant, a practical guide. And the actually the, uh, the relationship that we should talk about later had said that there's no way anyone is going to buy a book with a title that boring. You need to title it, title it, how to write a grant, become a grant writing unicorn. And I thought there's no way, but I will post this to my small community and see what they have to say. And big surprise. It was a resounding vote that that's the title for the book. So it just slowly became and took on this identity where people identify now as like, I am a grant writing unicorn or I'm going to become one. And it's so cool because it's become this aspirational character that anyone can step into instead of just thinking of a grant writer. What is that anyway? It's yeah, taking yeah. it to that next level because we do push back on a lot of sort of industry norms. So 
Yeah, that is, that's awesome. And, and it's so cool too, because like, again, a lot of people are starting nonprofits and then you, if you're looking for a grant writer, it is probably like finding a unicorn, like some, someone that can right. really understand what you need and, and enjoys it. <laughs> yeah. And enjoys yeah. it. And what's going to be great for your, for your, the work you're doing. So I love yeah. that. And, um, so, yeah, did you... so I think like a little highlight, something that really felt kind of serendipitous about the timing of this conversation is that yesterday we had our end of year celebration where the whole team gets together. We re reviewed the year, et cetera. And I gave a history of the company. And so the night before I was putting together this slide deck, it's 44 slides long. By the time I was done, I started five years ago. And it, when I was presenting it to them, all of a sudden I got so choked up at the point of two years ago where we had what appeared to be a successful business. I'd published my first book. I'd done hundred K in course revenue, but barely. And I had a co-founder who had quit her job to work with me and we were a sinking ship mm. and it was, I was out of ideas. We had done every single thing I could think of. We had pulled every lever. And so telling them about how dark I, the photo I used in that moment was a hand sticking up drowning in water. And that's what it felt like. It was November in Alaska and December, very dark. And we completely turned around the business, focusing on a specific client that we actually loved serving. So I think that's a big takeaway for your listeners is just no matter what you're doing, whether it's your business or it's your job, there are certain people that make you feel expansive and there's others that make you contract. And when we decided just to focus on the ones that were expansive and oh, triple our prices and make the offer sustainable and all of the pieces that came together pulling that off. It was the turnaround that allowed us today to hit a million in revenue. And so, and all of that turnaround was on just the absolute brink of, I don't think I might have to go get a job. <laughs> right. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm out of ideas when you're just absolutely. And when you're a visionary, you don't run out of ideas. <laughs> so that really <laughs> said something, right? If I, if I had completely run out of them. So it was quite an emotional process. And when we got off the call, my co-founder had, did this beautiful breathing activity to, to kind of wind us down from this beautiful celebration. And after we got off the call, I found I still had so much more to release emotionally and cried it out for a solid half hour, because I think I finally acknowledged how hard that journey has been actually how proud I am and being more gentle towards the decisions I made during that time. But sometimes I think in retro in a retro perspective, we can be hard on ourselves for, but when you take it into the context of what your life was like at that time, mm -hmm. you can have a lot more grace for yourself. And that mm -hmm. was that first time I felt like I really got through instead of sort of having a shell up mm -hmm. and really feeling <laughs> what it means to work really hard for something and to, to actually finally get there. I love that. I love that. And, and that really does sing to our, to our subject today of, you know, doing that inner work and also paying attention to the vibrations of what you're doing and the harmony. If you're, if you're trying to force it and you're in your mind about it all the time, it's a very logical, persistent way of, of seeking success, but it's not typically the way, you know, more feminine energies get that, get that success. We've got right. to make sure we're in alignment to what we're doing. And so it makes sense that you would go with the clients that you, that really juiced you up, that you were really excited about. So then it didn't feel like you're working uphill. You're just enjoying the process. It's creative. 
Right. So what other ways did, uh, you know, your inner work play into your success in terms of letting go of, of relationships that didn't serve you anymore or, you know, facing your, your own inner shadows on, on, on different levels? Because I know a lot of people struggle with that. I know a lot of my clients do. They're, they're, they have a calling. It's super strong. But then they've got this relationship over here that's just constantly taking all of their energy and dragging them down or, or dismissing them in some way. So did you have an experience like that? Yep. Tell, telling the history of the company in that slide deck, I could not tell it without sharing this, the contributions that my last partner provided to that, to my life and to the business. He believed in me and helped me see way beyond what I thought was available. I'll give an example. One night we were debriefing on our day and he casually said, well, before you hit 50 million in revenue, you got to make sure you file this form so that when you hit that revenue level in your taxes, you get this and this benefit or something. And he was just genuinely proffering that advice. And in my mind, I thought, you think I can get a business to $50 million in revenue in a year? Like on what planet? But that was what he just assumed is available to me. And so when all you're around someone who's celebrating your wins and pushing you to think creatively and giving you those, these little nuggets that just moved me forward so much. When I really started to get honest with the fact that the relationship was not healthy, there was a period there where I thought, but yeah, can I do this without him? Can I build this business without him? Because he has played such an important role. He helped me completely custom code my website. And that was when we all of a sudden started to get great SEO results and free, free, I say in front, parentheses leads. I mean, we have, that's a huge part of our success. And then I thought, do I have the technical abilities to manage this without him? Mm. Right. And mm. so that was a real journey. But what I found was I was amassing so much energy to put Humpty Dumpty back together between those increasingly dark, depressive moments, because what comes way up also can go way down. And I thought, a year ago, if I don't do anything different, I will have a 30% boost in energy just by not having to expend so much for this person. It's like, yes, I was getting a lot from it, but I was giving just as much and a lot more in most instances. And I was downplaying that thinking that I was getting the way better end of the deal, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was not the case at all. And so a year ago, I made the really, really hard decision to, to call it quits. And that, uh, what's tough about that is if you're like me and you can, you're a super committer, you can, I committed so much that I didn't even know there was an exit ramp Mm. because I considered that a failure on my part or whatever, there were no exit ramps. So to have to go and build the exit ramp and get myself to the point where I literally did take it, like bought a car in Boston, we'd gone to he'd gone to, uh, I supported him in going back to grad school, but literally I walked, went down the street, bought a car, drove it back. We had a very amicable conversation split and I drove across country to get myself back to Alaska. So they literally got on the exit ramp. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. that's big. That's huge. And you just knew it at that moment. You knew this is the time. If you kept going and you kept negotiating your power, it was just going to keep dragging you down. Well, I've learned about attachment theory and I wish that that can become as normalized as the five love languages. It's Mm. game changing information because I realize he wants to commit, but as a strong, anxious avoidant, he simply can and will not. 
And I can't, I could not just knowing that. And once I clearly and consciously knew that I, I can't, I couldn't look back with regret. I would look back with regret because I had the information I needed. And I knew then that I would be choosing to ignore it when I had everything I needed to make the decision I needed to make. Mm hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And and that's one really great way that, um, you know, I teach about intuitive development and I teach that our intellect is it tends to be the the thing we're taught to favor, which is that, you know, conscious thinking mind, this and that it, it has a plus B equals C reasoning yes. and all that great stuff. Um, and then our instinct or desire to stay safe is another really big directive that can then both of those things eclipse our intuition. But what it sounds like is you you knew that you needed this information. So what you did was allow it to inform your intellect so that it would finally agree with your intuition. Is that that's right? That's exactly right. The intuition was there a lot longer. It was there way earlier. And that's the part I suppose I was alluding to earlier is not beating myself up anymore about the fact that I didn't go with that intuition earlier. The timing is all divine as it was meant to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. But Yes, I've always led with heavy logic. I've led with a heavy masculine approach. Every injury I've had on my body has all been on the right side, which correct mm. me if I'm wrong, but isn't that the masculine side? It is. It is. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And I've had a lot of injuries on that side, never on the left. This is the first year where I actually experienced what can happen when you do allow yourself to be led with ease and stop trying to force everything. And it was, and then, but because I don't have a lot of experience of leading with ease, I resort back to the forcing methodology. And I had one real big final lesson on that in February, I'd moved back to Alaska. I was, there's 25 feet of snow in this town on average, right? This, This little town I was living in. So all I was doing was shoveling out snow. I literally felt like I was getting buried alive and that's not an, a, it's really not an exaggeration because I went into one coaching call and I had four inches of snow occur during that hour long call. Wow. So it was just everything I could do to plow the snow. And then I heard a weird sound. My, I heard, heard a weird sound and I went over to my office to inspect it at a little tiny house and a little office. This was mind you at my ex ex boyfriend's now place, but he wasn't there. He said I could still be there through the winter. And that house had a, exploded while I was inside the, inside. Gosh. Yeah. And I, it literally lifted all the lights fell out of the ceiling, the glass and, and then it just flew off the walls. Um, and I, have you ever had a dream where you're trying to run, but then you can't move. Mm -hmm. That's what it felt like because the air was sucked out of the room temporarily. Whoa there was a camera on the deck that only gets footage when there's movement and it actually caught the explosion. So you can see this burning red ball of fire around the perimeter of the tiny house. And the only reason I'm alive is because we're not severely injured is because it's a tiny house. So it actually blew out the side and not straight up. But it was actually an experience that I wouldn't exchange for anything in the world because it, it was just so indicative of I have not been listening to a whole lot of signs that have been leading up to this moment. The universe had to go nuclear on me 
to get my attention. <laughs> like how much more dramatic do you have to get, right? Yeah, seriously, that go nuclear. I've I actually had a client that used the same terminology. Like I'd like to not have a nuclear explosion every mm -hmm. time I get to a decision point, you know, and it really, yeah. you, you had a very literal nuclear explosion, you know. That's, I really literally did. And congratulations but, for being thanks. some, I mean, I'm sure you were harmed somewhat, but you're you're here, you're here today to tell the story, so. I am. I'm really glad to hear that. <laughs> as, am, as am I. And full, full real kudos goes to actually a student of mine is an energy healer. And coincidentally, we had an appointment scheduled because she'd just known all that I'd been going through, not house leak explosion included, and offered to give me a session. And it was that day after. And I was barely functioning to that point. I couldn't. The, it, the flashbacks were so strong that it was just taking all my power to try to keep them out. Mm -hmm. Having a lot, I was really struggling. I had this session with her. I lay on, I lay down, we, we have the session and I feel all this weight pressing into my chest, just like the house explosion had done. And then it lifted and I seriously was fine. Love it. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. I didn't, I almost felt like I had cheated the experience. Like, <laughs> wait, did I not, I didn't, I should be, I should be suffering right now. I should be, <laughs> but, and don't get me wrong, a door slamming or a gas leaks or a gas stove. I still don't particularly love those sounds, mm. but it on the whole 99% of the way I, I made it through that session. And so it, that was, that was sort of the final blow of, I am done with the forced methodology of getting to success and getting what you want really tuned in now to is this or is am I having too much resistance then just back off it's not it's not the way it's not the route let it go the the path will present itself and it always does so that's a new skill working on that in this this year <laughs> I love that that's beautiful and what that is an amazing story I hope you you write an article at least if not a book about <laughs> that one day because <clears throat> that yeah. is that is an amazing amazing example on several accounts of how life works with our intuition right. to show us what we need to know and then also working with a, you know an energy healer and their self-energy work that that people can do sound healing is amazing to reset right. your nervous system and show your instinct again that instinct to stay safe and survive that you are safe that you're okay mm -hmm. you lived through that but the trauma doesn't have to keep coming back all the time and gosh, if more people knew about that, right? <laughs> what a different world we'd be in. So I think, you know, stories like this show the um, the efficacy of that work and how helpful it can really be in lots of different situations. So yeah, absolutely. I think those are the obvious pieces. Those are the more, of course, you would need to do something of living through a gas leak explosion or a car wreck or a lost one. The harder part, I think, is the more elusive buried pains that become patterns that are emerging. That is a big part of your work where that, that that's a can of worms that once it gets open, there's no putting the lid back on it. And, and I observed friends going through that. And I thought, why, why would you actually do it? You look way more miserable. Mm -hmm. I don't understand why you would quote, do the work because that doesn't look great. Are you going to be happy again? <laughs> and then enough time passed. And I witnessed huge transformation emerged from those individuals. They did get to a place of greater peace. They got to a place with much healthier boundaries. They are taking care of themselves beautifully. And that was when I realized, okay, I can't keep fighting this unlocking to that next level for myself. It was all intuition to your point. I was like, 
it's no strategy. It's not a people person, people strategy. Like there's no, there's nothing I can do outwardly. Let's say for my business to continue to grow or my life to have greater outcomes, it's balls in my court. And it was, it was scary to rip that can off really like get into that in the last couple of months. So for anyone else, that's really kind of newly dipping their toes. I think I did all the easy work in my twenties, the stuff that's fun, like build, build a journaling practice, um, set a gratitude intention every day, uh, build nice, healthy morning routines, take care of your body and eat better. I did all of those, but I wasn't going the layer deeper that actually can really muck things up mm. and getting into those shadows exactly shadow stuff yeah exactly. so so how you know it sounds like you started your work at right at exactly the right time in your 20s ideally is when we kind of start asking those questions and then you start kind of practicing and getting your balance in your 30s and by your 40s and 50s you're in that prime where you know who you are and you're in it now of course it doesn't always work out that way actually a lot of times in the western world um, we don't open that can of worms until much later in life so it's awesome that you're already doing that and so where you are now kind of uncovering some of this stuff you mentioned that anger and criticism um sort of still still are kind of dragons that you're fighting hugely so how does that show up and and sort of how does that challenge you to uh get to the next level with your work in your personal life um tell us a little bit about that that real talk well, fortunately, anger and criticism doesn't show up in my business life. That's wonderful, but it's definitely present in my personal life. And what I'm finding is that it's totally a protective mechanism from fear mm. of getting hurt again so badly. And so my mind thinks if I could just control all of these factors, if you all would just do your part, I would be fine. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only to discover that that's a slippery slope because criticism is an anger are just two of the harshest, most toxic emotions. They're not positive for anyone around me. And they're, they're, they're not great for me either. And I want to be done with them. They create shame when they come out because you don't think that they're you. And they're a very, they're, a, it's, it's like you intellectually can understand it, especially if I can get the space between the let's say the, the the instance in which it's triggered, but I'm also finding the reason this is coming out, it feels like is a very fried nervous system. Mm -hmm. yeah. A nervous system that has been on go, 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 that's been through a lot and it's just very, very depleted and empty. And so it has felt, it has felt like a, the biggest challenge I have faced in the last year is trying to figure out how to navigate what's actually at the root of the anger and criticism versus just trying to deal with it when it presents itself mm -hmm. and try to uh, always apply a logical layer that doesn't get at the root of why is it coming up in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I drew a few cards for you. If you don't mind me Ooh. sharing that, please let's go for it. All right. Well, so the thing about you in this situation and where you are in your life is you're already very positive. You, it's not like you tend toward the, the negativity. You're, you're, you have a broad range of emotions, but I get the card that states that you're very, you're very comfortable with what's called kind of the beauty way of seeing, of seeing the beauty and the depth and, the, and having gratitude for a lot of different aspects of life. And, and you're kind of wise beyond your years when it comes to that. However, the, the issue crossing this is boundaries between yourself and other people. 
And also that belief that you need to change or they need to change, something needs to change in order for this to rectify itself. But the only thing you need really is, is to have more of a, like a breathable boundary around you. So it's not like a brick wall, but it's an emotional boundary where you can take care of yourself and be in here and decide what you need and then communicate it properly, but not feel like it's, it's open to, to everything and everyone because you may get swayed by, by the energies around you without knowing it. And sometimes somebody does need their other their weather pattern, they need to be storming while you're feeling happy and you need to feel stormy while they're feeling happy and it'll pass just like weather passes in the sky. But there's a part of you that does find a lot more threat in that when those shifts happen and you're like, wait, you know, it's kind of like, I thought you were this, but now you're this like what's going on there. Mm -hmm. um, and you're coming out of a time of really learning to speak your truth. It sounds like that, you know, kind of leaving that toxic relationship and, you know, taking the bull by the horns in your in your life really set you free in a lot of ways. Um, and I feel like when you're set free in this way that I'm seeing, it's either a childhood pattern that you overcame and or a karmic pattern from other other timelines that you came in with. And you said, this time I am not doing this again. I'm just not. <laughs> Uh, does that make sense or is that something that's come up for you? Absolutely. I've definitely leaned on the, it feels more ancestral that mm -hmm. is rooting at the root of a lot of the anxiety and some other on a kind of explained feelings that, that go beyond just my parents. I thought mm -hmm. th this has been, this has been passed down for a long time and uh, I have a chance to actually put a pin to, in it. Yeah, absolutely. And not let it not let it overtake you. So some of that is related to what you're struggling with now. It's just old shadows from that ancestral line. You're moving into a time of really looking to find your sense of purpose and knowing that, yes, the work that you do is your purpose, but we also have more personal levels of purpose. And so, yeah, putting a pin in it. I love how you put that, but it's also kind of letting it letting the pattern dissolve. Um, one, one metaphor I've been working with my clients on recently when talking about stopping old patterns is, you know, you've been weaving a certain pattern all your life on this particular loom, right? This loom of, of anger, of self-criticism or criticism of others. And it's like, this is just how I've done it. And maybe it's part of how you grew up or part of what you inherited. But sometimes we feel frustrated because it's like, that's, that's the, the pattern we've been weaving. So how are we going to do something different? And it's not that you have to undo it and do it all over again. You just take it off, appreciate it for what it was, and then you start a new one, which then feels awkward because you're learning this new pattern. But I feel that the more you trust yourself to rebuild that in a way that's right for you and give yourself full permission, um, I do feel like you do have the power to shift this just as much as you have any other pattern and to really come into a state of flow and wisdom with yourself because you've already had this vision of yourself as a wise, calm woman um, and the fire that's in you, which is, is, is an element to be used for your um, benefit, not for your, you know, for your punishment or for something that's going to bring you down. It's like, how do I master that? How do I master that fiery assertive energy so that it works for me and not against me? Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah. And so the biggest obstacle here is just finding balance between the two. It's not one or the other. Um, when we're talking about male, female or masculine, um, feminine opposites, and just to trust yourself um, to, to speak your wisdom. Uh, one thing that I'm seeing with this is like, sometimes you may 
sense something going on and then go into the ego drama anyway. It's like you intuitively know, like, okay, this is what's happening, but then, but what if it's, what if I'm not right? What if he is really this or that, or, you know, she's really thinking that or that. Um, and so you may play into that instead. And I think for you, it's just redirecting what you choose to make real in that moment, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Completely. Okay, good. And and so that's the biggest challenge of all is to tell the difference and then to decide what you're going to make real and say, all of these are stories. So which story am I going to, which storyline am I going to nurture in this relationship? And that's going to make a big, big difference. Um, and the hopes and fears are, you know, this is kind of inherited. Is is it something that I can change? Absolutely. These things are, are simply, they are a pattern of our upbringing of our ancestry but when we get quiet to what's really important we can see through the illusions of that that again it is all human drama and it's what we make it we do not have to um, get righteously we don't have to have righteous indignation ever we don't ever have to be offended we don't ever have to you know get upset about something if we do and it's righteous okay then we deal with it but it's kind of like choosing your battles more wisely and seeing that when you listen to your inner self and what you really want, that's when things start to change. It's it's like your spirit guides will lead you into the same obstacles and the same arguments, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, okay, in these moments, how can I just get quiet, give myself a little bit more love so that I don't put it off on someone else? Because Completely. for you getting into your heart space makes all the difference. Mm -hmm. So any therapies you do, um, you know, I've got the sweat lodge card here, which is definitely a Native American practice of kind of sweating it out. Um, but other ways to do that or energy work is great for you. Any kind of intuitive work, um, float therapy, sound therapy, like anything that quiets your mind and just gets your nervous system quiet will put you back in your heart space. And when you get there, you have so many more ideas. You're so much more in the expansive space than you are in this kind of restricted, I'm just angry and critical and it doesn't lead towards your um your productivity very much or your creativity which is something that you mentioned you want to go to that next level with your work and be the person you need to be well this is this is the kind of thing it's going to take right 100 percent. and i know and i'm embracing that realizing that this is the time it's now go full send yeah for sure if not now i'll be doing it later yeah well i i give you kudos because like i said in my generations and the one of you know ahead of me we took our time you know i actually started in my teen years and very slowly did the work you know until you know until now i'm still doing it but you know it's like the, the younger you start the earlier you start asking these questions the the more time you're going to have with that sense of connection and joy and presence in your life so it's not easy work, as you know, but it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the important thing to remember when you're in the thick of it, which is certainly where I am right now. Part of me is like, should I just bag out? Should I just, you know, should I stop working with this individual? Should I, is, is it them? And, and then I really caught myself and I thought, no, I was fully warned about this. This won't be easy and that really need to stick with it until, you know, give it a full six months. Give it really be, give yourself a little bit more time instead of being the wild horse that can sometimes be which wants to bolt. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you continue using your intuition, 
in those situations to navigate through them because yeah. especially if people are difficult they're usually not in their intuition so that's the key you know and i'm the empower your wisdom lady so i always say that's what i'm talking about when we empower wisdom we're saying all right we can see what the logical arguments are here we can see how people are reacting in fear i might be reacting in fear so what does my intuition say will bring peace to this situation what's going to be question. the best for both of us so that would be good to keep in mind it's a wonderful question Awesome. Good. Well, thank you for being here today. It's been just awesome talking to you. And um, where can people find you if they'd like to learn more about the Grant Writing Collective? Oh, thank you. So learngrantwriting.org. Very simple. That Perfect. would probably be the place. Yep. And we're on Instagram as well, at learngrantwriting. Awesome. Thank you so much, Meredith. And I uh, hope to talk to you again. You're so welcome. You. Appreciate it. Until next time. Take care. Yeah. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to hear more from our wise and wonderful guests, make sure you subscribe for daily interview content. And here's three ways I can help empower your wisdom for free. Number one, grab your copy of my Empower Your Life workbook. It will help you honor your inner voice, make way for new visions, and live with intention. Go to empoweredwisdomshow.com forward slash workbook to get your copy today. Two, if you're a woman with a well-established business or career and your intuition is nudging you to go in a more spiritual direction, we want to interview you on this show. Head to EmpoweredWisdomShow.com. Three, listen and subscribe to our sister podcast, The Empowered Wisdom Hour, for free teachings, guided meditation, and channeled wisdom to help you thrive. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, and most major podcast platforms. At Empowered Wisdom Coaching, we help intuitive, spiritual, and high-achieving women who feel disempowered by self-doubt and relationship patterns realize their power and go for what they want without holding back. If you're ready to release doubt, fear, and disempowering relationships so you can follow your calling and your bliss the intuitive way, book a call to see how I can help. Go to mollymccartney.com forward slash chat.